This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. God bless the surf hotline. Thank goodness for this hotline because no one else will talk to me, but but you guys will always pick up the phone. Okay, I'm sitting here with the charts. I'm going surfer by surfer trying to figure out who's going to be in the finals, the finals, WSL finals, top five. And I've done the math. I've done the spreadsheets. I got the Magic 8 ball. I got the Ouija board. And my neighbor's a certified psychic. So you ready? Here we go. This is what my algorithm has shown we got in the finals rip curl top five Philippe Toledo Gabriel Medina John John Florence Kanoa Igarashi and Griffin Colapinto isn't that beautiful and my hope is it's Kanoa and Griff in the final duking it out okay uh, bon voyage, get barrel, always reminding you to get back in the water and shred on. The grid, May 26th. Back. I had a troubling thought on, the, on the way up today. Because there was somebody in your... In the there wasn't. I was, I was appropriately sitting there driving in the... Second to right, or yeah, second middle lane, I suppose. Uh, lightly sweating after my morning run. Athleticgreens.com slash surf in the belly. Just a nice layer, a nice run. Just listening to classical music. And I was thinking about tonight's ballet dress rehearsal. What time I need to be there. What I need to bring, etc. And uh, it dawned on me that the Make Chaz Grit Again campaign 
is not going very well. It's not going according <laughs> to plan. <laughs> well, we have a listener line call that's going to make it go even further away from the plan. Very, very not grit. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's really, I can't imagine anything less grit, to be honest, than healthy, than calm, calm <laughs> than a participating in the arts later. <laughs> it's so hilariously true that campaign never really got off the ground <laughs> i mean that's why not enough hats were sold if i would be that's seeing true. that around then i would uh i would be like forced to be i would force to like have to deal with myself were you happier then or now um it's odd my happiness doesn't really change that much i think i'm pretty happy all the time man it's interesting that you say that i have said those exact words um I got divorced, whatever, 2015, right? Yeah. So uh, seven years ago. And it was a terrible time and all that, and it was depressing. But, and I was pissed at my ex-wife, but it was like, we I would have this, I think it was in therapy, actually, having these conversations and be like, I was happy before I met her. Yeah. I was happy when I was with her. Sure. I'm happy. Now. Now, like these uh, emotions that I'm experiencing are situational, sure. right? And I'm feeling them strongly in this situation, but it hasn't eroded my general state of, I feel good about myself, yeah. you know? And then after her, I'm fine after her as well, you yeah, know? Yeah. It's like, you can't really, so that's a good thing. Yeah. I think that's I mean, a sign of health. Sure. Maybe it's a sign of health or just, or just luck, right? Like imagine people who are depressed and whatnot, where they're like, basis or their like their normal operating level is like to be bummed i know so but then you make great art if you're depressed that's very true as well man you would not believe how much this conversation ties into this call that i'm referencing well great should we just play it let's get to it let's just play it. i wasn't gonna play it right <laughs> away and it's actually a pretty somber call um but we got to play it i mean we got it's it is what it is it fits in with the theme it fits in with past calls um, it comes from totally shattical, totally shattical is a great name, <laughs> but yeah, I cannot believe how that organically, you just brought all of this up. It's almost like, did he leave you a call as well? Sure. Didn't. Okay. I don't get calls. All right. Gentlemen, this is totally shattical and I'm so sick and tired of hearing the word fucking woke in regards to Chaz's comment. I don't know how long ago, and I don't even remember exactly what he said. It was something along the lines of um, getting mental health from the company you guys were advertising with. And he said some snide comment about getting mental health at all. And at the time, of course, I was pissed off at Chaz. I was like, fuck this guy. Now I'm just, like, very fortunate and grateful to have the perspective of I'm stoked that Chaz has never experienced difficulties in his life that he's needed to reach out and get mental health, whatever, whatever it may be called, because it's a real son of a bitch. It's agonizing to the individual and to the family. So I'm actually stoked that he's never had the experience and he could pop off in whichever direction he wants to get attention because mental health is a motherfucker, and I come from a long line of suicide, and it's not fucking pretty. 
and I hope nobody has to deal with it. It's no joke. Make the call. Do whatever you need to do to get it taken care of because it's okay to do. It's so stigmatized. And in my life, I've been embarrassed about it every which way, up, down, side to side, and I've avoided uncomfortable situations to avoid panic attacks. And I would love to hear Chaz say, it's okay for people to do this because he just seems like such a son of a bitch sometimes on sensitive subjects. Yeah, I got cut off on that one, and I might have been rambling, but thank you for what you guys do. I appreciate it, and uh, keep up the work. All right. Can you just say it that it's okay to get help? Oh, my goodness, is it? That's what I love about this show, I'll be honest, is, of course, I pop off on all kinds of stuff that I have no business popping off on. I have opinions about matters that I have no business having opinions on going all day about this of yeah and so but what i feel this show does when it works well is people correcting me is one of the best parts of the show right or helpful parts of the show and yes go get mental help it is i didn't mean to stigmatize yeah it's great well i mean whatever you need to do there's great resources jamie torkowski at to write love on her arms there's, yeah, do whatever you need to do to be okay, especially in this day and age. Call me. I'll be your counselor. Well, like you said, uh, I mean, you, he, you and he both identified it, which was, I feel very fortunate to uh, be in the position, to be in this kind of general place of being happy yeah. as my baseline. Sure. You know? And I think that, you, like I was saying, you go through emotional or situational things where you might feel depressed, but that's different than depression. It's exactly. Like clinical depression. When you're down, like low. Exactly. That either comes from, like he said, hereditary, like a long line of suicide yep. indicates there's a hereditary component. And I'm, I would presume without any professional expertise, there's also a um, nurture part as well. You know, you're born into an environment and that environment just kind of, uh, you know, yeah, safe makes it worse, or whatever. Yeah. yeah or yeah, beats you down. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so there is probably hereditary nature and nurture component to the element. But if you have the nature part of you, that's probably very hard to escape and get out yep. of. And so that's very different than what I was referring to having experienced. And so absolutely it's phenomenal that there are resources available because, um, when you are feeling depression, it feels inescapable. And the, I will say like the small community we have, right? We do have a community, right? The grit listening community, beach grit, so like grumpy surfers in general, whatever it is. Like I love it at the beach grit comments when people, you know, it's usually light and funny, but when people genuinely have problems and go there and the community is there to help, right? Like where, it's great. I mean, so whatever anyone needs, stinking DM me. I'll give you the worst advice ever. Well, but I'm there. And what else is great about this is that it's a conversation. Like yeah. you and I are the ones leading the conversation just by the nature of the show. But the fact that we get this type of feedback and can incorporate the feedback, it makes it more conversational. And I agree. Like I like being corrected. It's when the I best. Say, I it say is, stuff wrong all the time. It too. is the best. I mean, I'm filling a lot of airtime. Yeah. But, and trying to be funny, yeah. Ultimately, you know. 
but it's yeah, just like Ricky Gervais or funny like Ricky Gervais. Um, are you a fan? I'm a big fan. Huge. I think fan, he's dude. very, very. Did you funny. watch Afterlife? Uh, is that his latest one? It's one of the latest. It's on no, Netflix. I've, I've just been reading. Oh, I yes, I saw some of Afterlife. I've just been reading the big blowback for his for his latest. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, he's went after trans hard right away, and then it's just like yeah, explosion of rage. His direction. What did he say? Uh, he was talking about pronouns, of course, and it was like. It was kind of funny, uh, but I could understand a little bit, like on the heels of um, Dave Chappelle. Like it feels like Chappelle already did that right, and so for Gervais to go there, like on top of it, seemed it just seemed like you could, I don't know, that I would have chosen maybe different material. Like yeah. the, the blowback doesn't seem. I mean, it's comedy, right? But some of it does seem like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's somebody. I guess some old clip has resurfaced of a comedian saying like talking about as was like in 2019 or something talking about how uh you know good comedy or or edgy comedy like takes people down a notch that's yeah. what's great about it uh and if there's one group of people that need to be taken down a notch it's tra trans people and they're all going to be checking their privilege on the way home <laughs> wow I mean, he was obviously being facetious, but yeah. like this is already a beat up group, right? Right, and right, right. Who has and struggles and problems and... Well, well that's what I was going to say too in relation to that call. I was going to segue it into the trans conversation, follow up from last week, because that community suffers a higher incident of... Suicide. Murder, sure. suicide, yeah. everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so, it's, it's rough. Disproportionate. Look at here we are. Men, go get your mental health. This is your and PSA. Go trans. Yeah. Yeah. This is your PSA. So the Ricky Gervais blowback, uh, is it appropriate? The is the blowback appropriate for what he said, or is it? Because my impression of Ricky Gervais at this point is he welcomes the blowback. Of course he does. I mean, and that's, you can't cancel him. That's what he. That's what he's he, not looking for a job. He's doing it on purpose. It just seemed, and he, you know, he got exactly probably what he was going for. But I would have thought maybe and I can sit and think about it, of course, I'm not writing jokes, but uh, that there would have been a funnier target yeah, yeah, yeah. to go after to get the blowback, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it just seems like Chappelle just got done with his. But but he's always pushing the line. You, like, you don't yeah, know yeah. where the bound, and that. Yeah. And he talks about it. He talks about that. I need to watch the whole show, but yeah. Well, I think Afterlife, he's a very funny man. Afterlife is incredible. You yeah. should watch that. Heartfelt, poignant. That's the thing is you don't expect his... I don't know. I don't know why I don't because he's proven time and time again that his stuff is poignant. Yeah. But I start watching it thinking it's just going to be crude. Yep. Jokes about balls. Yeah. Because they often are, yep. you know. Uh, but then there's always this element of very earnest poignancy. I mean, I'm no Ricky Gervais, but uh, it's sort of, I think, what we try to do on this show a bit. It's not comedy, of course, but just riff on stuff without uh, thinking about it or, or without worrying about public perception, I suppose. Uh, and so when people call in though, and correct, like, Hey, this is real. Uh, this is not something that either should be joked about, or you were totally wrong. And we get to correct the record. That's a beautiful, a beautiful moment. Um, my favorite Ricky Gervais joke regarding the Will Smith thing. Did you see that? Oh, what was it again? I did see he it. He was like, uh, people were asking him like, well, was it too far for Chris Rock to make fun of Jada's, you know, yeah. Jada's alopecia or whatever? Oh, yeah. And he was like, hell no. I wouldn't. Well, he goes, I personally would not have made fun of her bald head. I would have made fun of her young boyfriend. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he really is good. 
which is so true. It's yep. like, that's way more on the nose. Uh, anyways, a couple of follow-up things we do want to, I'm going to get more into the trans conversation, uh, but follow up from last week. We're at album surfboards. We're going to do eat grit. We're introducing the new segment at Can't the wait. end of today's show. So you won't have to suffer through it. If you don't want, if you don't identify as somebody who likes to listen to people chew on the radio and or TV and or the phone, tune out at that point. Agreed. We're going to leave it till the end of the show. After Barrel or Nah, right before we go to the closing song, little segment of Eat Grit. I think that, so the, uh, the concept is we will eat something. I'll turn the microphones all the way up so you can listen ASMR style to what we are eating. You have to guess what it is. And at the beginning of next week's episode, we will reveal what it was. It's a great concept. <laughs> this was pitched by a listener. I'm not sure it's great, but we're going to try it. Uh, I have selected a food item, brought it in, and it is ready to be eaten. So we will do that. And then the uh, listener who pitched this said that we should do a giveaway. And I was like, man, that just feels like more work organizing this, responding to DMs and emails. Like, I don't know if I want to do that, but I feel like we should, right? Yeah. Okay. So we'll give away a t-shirt. Great. A the Grit t-shirt. Yep. I will ship it to you wherever you are in the world. Just let me know what size. And uh, I think we'll just do the very first person who contacts me with the correct answer will win it. Perfect. So this will... Uh, Honor those who are fast on the draw. Those who see this pop up in their podcast feed and automatically listen, which by the way, I'm shocked at how quick people are. Do you think, yeah, how, how quick are people? I mean, every single week I'll publish something and then just like go into my next chore of the day and an email pops up or, or a DM pops up referencing something in the episode. So people are already listening. That is like, yeah. And I'm like, well, I think that conversation came up 45 minutes into the episode. Do they scrub? I just published that episode 45 minutes ago. Oh, so they listen right away. They must right have away. clicked play right away and then got on the DM right How away. many people are headed to the back of the show right now just to catch the... Uh, they want to win that t-shirt. Exactly. They're going to scrub to the end just to win and then go back and listen. Exciting. This feels like the matrix right here because I'm talking about something that hasn't happened yet, mm. but to the listener, it has happened. Bringing back Jada. Wasn't this she is, in that? <laughs> oh yeah, was she? She wasn't in part one, but I no. think she was in the subsequent one. She was in one of them. She was in like the not good ones. I know. The, I, I couldn't even follow the other ones, but the, the first one's excellent. Stinking, I'm embarrassed to say, it's another thing I'm not grit about. I was a big fan of Matrix Resurrection. The last, last, oh, last the recent one. one. Yeah, really? Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. It's Should like I? the. I mean, no, but okay. I, I loved it. Like the conceit, just to spoil it for you. You know, the first one is that, of course, the right? Bible he's, story. He's in the, but he's in the office, right? And like, this isn't real. You know, blue pill, red yeah. pill, whatever. Yeah. The conceit for this last one is: was any of this real? Like, ah. and so he's back in the office, old man Keanu now, or older man Keanu. Uh, did that, did any of that happen? Or was this all just a dream? Meta. Meta, meta. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Did you watch um, the Batman? Yeah. I love that too. Me too. I loved it. it was I was my like, favorite Batman. I was against it every step sure. of the way. I was like, don't need a goth Batman. Don't need the new director. Because I loved Christopher Nolan yep, stuff. Yep, yep. It was excellent. I mean, loved it. Yep. The uh, the only beef I had with it was it didn't need to be as long as it was, but it was the first time in my life where James Bond and Batman went head to head in the, I mean, not at the same time, but in the same year, huge Bond fan. I thought this is the first time that the Batman 
franchise beat Bond. I didn't see the latest Bond either. It's okay, but okay. yeah, but Batman's better. Batman wins. I never watch any Marvel films because they're just it. so fantastical. You know, it's just not my thing. But as I was watching Batman, I was like, man, I'm. I thought I was anti superhero film. I'm not. This is actually excellent. The thing is, though, I think that. Batman, liking Batman is different than being a fan of, of superhero film or Marvel Universe or whatever, right? Like I've seen... Yeah, that's true. I've seen probably every Batman. I think for sure. I've seen every Batman that's ever come out, right? I haven't seen any of the Avengers or any of that stuff. Nor have I. But Batman is less um, fi- uh, far-fetched. Like yeah. it, it... He doesn't have superpowers, essentially, if, is what it comes If to. Batman would have come about... Like if the first Batman would have been like now... I probably wouldn't watch it. It would be a superhero movie in my mind, but yeah. how it came out. Remember when the like the black and yellow logo with everybody had hats and stuff like that when that totally. first one came out? Totally. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. Kim Basinger. Woo. Excellent. Heater. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Trans follow-up. Um, we had the conversation last week about Sasha Jane Lowerson winning the Western Australia Longboard Championship title as a trans woman in the female category. We talked about it. You said you were having her on the Dirty Water podcast with Derek that evening. Yes. How did that conversation go? Ghosted. We got ghosted and she blocked us across social media. And so like for nothing, right? Like I hadn't. Presumably not for nothing. I mean. <laughs> Without an explanation for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm like my, so I emailed cause I was like, this is bullshit, right? I was like, this is not cool. Like, you take her down a peg. Chess. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to, I was like, you knew what you were doing going in here and doing this, right? Like you were, no. you were doing this for, you knew the attention you were going to get. Right. And so then not to speak to the attention feels rude. It felt rude to me. And then when I found out later, so we were the first, right? We were on this story a good week before or five days before Stabber the inertia touched it, which, uh, I'm waiting the FCC, recommended guidelines following them for not pushing hot buttons. They were like, slow into this, beach good, of course, in with both feet, slamming that button hard with both hands. Um, and Derek had reached out straight away, right? And so she was all hyped in the DMs, like, you know, okay, what are, what are the questions you're going to ask? Derek, you know, said, hey, this is what, you know, what we're interested in, what we want to talk about. And she was ready to go, game. Um, and then so uh, to block and go dark, I was like, this is, this will not stand Sasha Jane. So I uh, emailed her and said, what, like, what's the deal? And she wrote back, uh, something like I'm getting death threats. The rules are the rules. Uh, I'll keep surfing or something like that where I was like, well, bullshit too. Like death threats. I'm sorry. Right. Like that. Nobody deserves death threats. Those didn't come from you. Obviously. Or or from your audience. No, no, no. And like, that's a bummer, but clearly again, if you're going to go win this event, you know, the state of the world, unless you're, you know, very, very out to lunch, you know that the reaction this is going to get right. Like if you weren't ready for that, then why did you do it? Kind of, uh, B the rules are the rules. I don't understand what rules like, this is what I we're don't all, understand what that meant. I mean, I don't know if she meant the rules are the rules, like in the surf contest, I followed them, they let oh. me in, or just the, the the rules are the rules in in terms of I'm not talking to you. Those are the rules. What it, whatever it was, uh, made me think this is exactly why the conversation needs to take place. Nobody knows the rules anymore, right? Like gender 
and sex have both become uh, not erased, but these things are all in play in a way that they never were before, right? And so this is something we need to talk about. And yeah, so anyway, I was I was mad because I thought this is exactly Beach Grit is exactly the place for this conversation. Like she did talk to the inertia and stab. I know I didn't read either of them, but I'm sure it was just softball, whatever crap, right? Or not crap, but like just serving it up and you were brave and da, 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 da. Like I wanted to ask questions about fairness, about what do you think about, you know, like really put her on the hot seat. I presume that's why she backed out of the interview. My impression was that she didn't know who beach grit was. She agreed to do the interview then she looked into who you were and thought that tone is way off from the conversation that I want to have. And it would have been courteous of her to then say, Hey, change my mind. Yeah. She could tell you why maybe she doesn't have to tell you why, but at least let you know rather than ghosting and blocking, but that's her prerogative. And if she doesn't want to engage in the conversation at that point, and I agree with what you're saying. Yes, of course her winning the contest is going to bring a bunch of media attention, but it's her prerogative to not engage in the media attention. I disagree. I think once you, do something that gets that you know that you know is going to be a like lightning rod event and then you say oh oh i wasn't ready for that and back out you're a fucking pussy like you gotta you gotta take the heat if you're going to if you're going to do something like that and so to do what she did to go win a women's event and then completely scrub which she didn't i guess she talked to uh Again, talk to Stab or the Inertia or whatever. I'm sure she's given more interviews, right? Or will, hopefully. Um, but if you're only going to have softball conversations after something like that, then like, okay, all, all you're doing is echo chambering again, right? The people over here who are mad will stay mad without any way to get, you know, to, to hear real questions asked you. The people who are all pro you and happy will stay that way. And, you know, these groups, I think, need to smash together somehow for there to be any kind of understanding. I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying she's entitled to not have the conversation with you. And I disagree with what you're saying, that she's obligated to be the lightning rod because just by virtue of her winning the contest doesn't mean she wanted to be the lightning rod. It doesn't matter. Then don't enter the contest. Like you, uh, no, like you in this, still, in this day and age, you know what you're doing. I think you'd like, that is again, yeah. having like, I, I called her out for having cake and eating it too. Right. Where like sometimes in terms of, uh, called her out for having cake and eating it too, in terms of transitioning and then also, uh, participating in women's events. Right. Like, we talked about that on air a lot of times, a lot of things you make one decision and it preempts another decision, right? You just can't do that other thing because you're do, you've done this thing it happens all the time. Uh, in terms of this, I would argue equally once you win this and become a focal point of media attention, then you are obligated to speak to it all. I disagree with that entirely. Mm. You don't have to, I mean, I just don't think that's true. Hey, so, uh, I also had reached out to her before our last recording and she agreed to do a podcast with me as well. Is she, and, is she keeping? No. Well, she's gone dark on me as well. Yeah. And so. <laughs> Man, just think how badly I taint your brand. It's possible. Yeah. <laughs> that could be the reason, but she didn't block me yet. Um, but when, so I reached out to her, said, hey, I was very nice. Yeah. Gave her a paragraph in the DMs. I don't have her email address, but I said, um, heard about this. Congrats on winning. Our audience would love to hear more about your backstory. And she's a board builder. So I was like, we do yeah. a lot of interviews with board builders. So it would fit right in line with all that stuff. Um, and her reply was so short 
that it really made me second guess whether I want to have the conversation because the strength of the podcast platform is being verbose. Yeah. You know? And her response said, uh, yes, I'd like that or something. It was that vague. Yeah. So then I replied with another paragraph and I was like, awesome. Well, uh, give me your email address and we can work out scheduling. I'll send you a zoom link, whatever. Her reply to that was, I would like to see an outline of the questions before we have this discussion. I said, I've never once provided an outline. I've, yeah. I've got 400 episodes published. I've never once been asked, nor have I provided an outline, but I understand why you would want an outline. And I will totally agree to do that. No big deal at all. Give me your email address and I'll send you the outline. And then I never heard back from her at that point. I mean, she asked Derek for an outline too. Uh, and Derek gave her one. Derek said, this is what we're going to talk about. And she agreed to it. Yeah. But uh, Well, she's not, and again, I don't feel just to backtrack a bit. I don't think she was obligated to talk to beach grit particularly. I think that would have been the best place, but I think she's obligated to talk outside of friendly media organizations. And so I didn't read the inertia article, but I did read the stab article and it was definitely softball. They let her lead the conversation for sure. Of course. And there was even one exchange. I should have, I should have um, uh, gotten the quote, but there was one exchange where the interview question even like uh, apologized within the question, yeah. you know, and then, I, and then her response, the first line of her response was almost like, yeah, you should apologize, kind of a poke back sort of a thing. Yes. So it was very much not what I was hoping to get out of that article. And But, but again, it's kind of like she's entitled to her not wanting to engage and her picking who she wants to engage. She's not. But I agree with you in that it's not moving the conversation it moves it forward nowhere. at all. It just sticks it in the same place it is where if she cared, if she actually well, cared. I don't, you can't say that. I can. I will say it. If she actually cared. She can care and not know how to progress the conversation. You know what I mean? Well, then she, you better, you better talk to people who have like, are going to be sharper, right? And you disagree and fight back and do whatever you need to do. But again, I will say just like I believe celebrities, right? Maybe they didn't totally choose the life they want, but they are obligated right to the public. There is a public sort of thing that they have to do by virtue of being celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, if you just love acting, you don't like celebrity. You don't want to be a celebrity, but you love let Daniel day Lewis. Sure. Love acting. I'm going to shirk the celebrity part of it. And there's people not entitled to engage there. There's people I think, you know, in are like, obligated to engage. sure. If you just love the art, but if you're a public figure, uh, then you just are right. Whether you want to be or not. So if Daniel day Lewis, he loves acting. Yes. And he's in films that get seen by a lot of people. Yes. And so he will get recognized on the street, right? If he goes and just acts like a dick all the time and then gets mad that he's being covered as a dick or whatever. Well, Sorry, right? That like, would be, yes, I agree with you there, but she's not acting that way. She's not, but she's she, got her Instagram account is private. Yeah, but she is a public figure now. She went and well, she won a surf contest yeah. as a first in history, first trans woman in history to win a woman's surf contest right when this conversation is, you know, right after Thomas at Penn State and right after, you know, or resurfaced again, the, the skater Lillian Gallagher who won 
the Red Bull skate, skate event, right? Where this is now in the news a lot. And so to go do that, for her to go do that, to go win an event and think, oh, I just, you know, I just wanted to surf. I'm just a, like the other girls and just wanted to surf. Like bullshit. You, you owe it now to everyone to go talk about it. Um, there's, you guys wrote a couple of articles about the surf community's response to this conversation. Surfing's most dominant competitor, Kelly Slater, advises on trans athlete debate currently roiling extreme sport world. He said, quote, make a trans division and we don't have to, and we won't have this confusion. Shrug emoji, uh, shrug emoji. <laughs> um, so we talked about that too, making a trans category, but let's follow that logic real quick. Which, I mean, so the thing is I had in that article had a great nugget of information. Harper's magazine does Harper's index. Have you ever looked at that? Mm -hmm. Where it's just basically percentages, uh, of like perception, right? They are gauging American public perception on stuff. And so they had the question in there, uh, how asked how many people are trans or the average American thinks that 21% of the population is trans. What? The average American thinks the, no. the yes, uh, this is all hundred percent fact. No, no, this is all like all of these, uh, <laughs> their stats are messed up. No, no, out. there's no way 21% of American or 21% they think that 21% are trans. look at like media coverage and how much it gets talked about and stuff. Think about like, if you're just a normal average American, you're seeing trans in your feed all the time. 21% of Americans, or yeah, 21%, sorry, Americans think that 21% of the population is trans. The reality, of course, is 0.6%, right? And so how in the world are you, imagine how many of those are professional surfers. How in the world are you going to have a trans division when maybe one or two people will be in there every couple years? It doesn't work as a division. I understand why Kelly made that argument. We've made that argument here, but let's follow that to its logical conclusion. There'd just be nobody in there. There'd be nobody surfing. Or if it's an open division, let's say, so men can compete, women can compete, trans men, trans women can compete. Based on past performances and statistics, who's going to win that division? Uh, I mean, trans. A biologically born male. Yes. Right? Yes. So go ahead, create those divisions. Let's go five years down the road. Let's go however long it takes and let's just see what's happening. Yeah. The rankings will be biologically born males because as we discussed last week, the judging criteria for all of these things was based on male competitiveness anyways or strength and all these. Astute, by the way. That was an astute observation that you had. Thank you. Yeah. So it's kind of like by creating the open division, we're now creating... Another, no, no, yeah, nothing. Yeah. You know, we're actually, re- this is a regressive concept now. And it's the, the answer that Kelly's giving is to appease the uh, community that's asking for equality, trans community and supporters of trans community. We want equality. So let's make these amends, but it actually is a regressive concept by giving you what you want. It's going to regress the movement. You know what I mean? It sure. doesn't actually make amends. Yeah. So I think we need to do away with that idea entirely. Totally. Yes. I mean, that doesn't, not only would it regress, like there would, again, there would just be nobody in it. Like there would be one or two, like you can't have a, you can't have competitive anything with so few competitors. A hundred percent. But even then you go, okay, it's a trans category. Well, how do you define the trans? How do you define trans? Yeah. Which point in the process are you in? You know, 
And apparently the IOC has defined that a little bit by how long you've been taking. It's, it's a hor- hormone levels. Hormo- yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but I mean, that weird but, thing is though, like being born biologically male, like things happen pre pre that yeah. make you, that give you advantage. So among the other feedback that's come uh, from the surf community, uh, Peter King says, ha ha in the, so this was by the way, in the comments, sorry, stab magazine wrote that article. They had posted, um, the news story before they wrote the article on Instagram. So that received a ton of comments. And so I'm going to read you some of those comments, but then they interviewed Sasha posted another Instagram advertising. The article did not allow comments on that one. So these are from those comments on the original post. A safe space. Peter King says, haha, so men make the best women? Uh, this was always the intersection that liberalism was going to eat itself. Where are my feminists at? So stab, does, stab, does Stab have an opinion? Are you guys cool with men beating women? WSL, what say you? Uh, I like that Peter, the couple things that I like that Peter pointed out here was Stab, take an opinion here. Yeah. Like in WSL, why don't you have an opinion here? Yeah. Let's hear from you guys. So I do like that he's calling those people out, but he also does make an interesting point, which I was kind of making about the category thing, which is once you start opening it, if the biological male, we need to, we need to think about redefining the criteria that actually isolates for the most interesting competition. Yes. Ultimately that makes it equal in a certain way for the most interesting competition. Biological males. And, and, it, and it seems saying. to make, well, it seems to make sense that there was a pretty decent criteria already in place. Yeah. If those are the things we're trying to measure. Um, Peter goes on, I think he got a bunch of backlash from that. So he then posted in his stories and said, nobody hates transgenders. Do your thing. Stay out of women's sports where you miraculously win after being an average performing male. Women's sports is not a backup plan where you can't where you can't win a trophy and dollar in a men's division leagues like the WSL and sponsors like Red Bull will now stand up uh, to this instead of harming women's sports or he's asking a question if they will. Kiala Kenley, I think made the most salient comment. Did Let's you see it. hers? I saw it, but I didn't read the whole thing. I saw like the first part and wondered where she was going and then got lost in my day. So she said, um, as a female professional athlete and someone who has fought really hard for equality and equal and equal opportunities for women in sports, this is an extremely complicated topic. First and foremost, I think that we can all agree that people need to be treated with respect. I believe if you identify as a human being, you deserve the same human rights as everyone else. I am 100% pro-trans. I'm also 100% pro-women and women's equality. When it comes to spe- when it comes specifically to women's sports, it is hard to be all three of those things at the same time. I think trans women athletes absolutely need to be included in sports 100%, but their biological advantages need to be taken into consideration because it also has to be fair for the female athletes. I don't have a solution. However, having respectful, non-aggressive, collaborative conversation is a start. Heart emoji. Here you have, I mean, great, Kayla. That is wise and sage. The problem is even mentioning biology gets you her stuck in a turf 
dungeon right away, right? Which is why I want to discuss it more openly here. It should not get her stuck in the dungeon. But it does. I mean, that's that's it the... Did, it did pre, for the last couple of years. Does it have to moving forward? I mean, I would hope not, but that's the that's the level where the conversation is sunk to, right? Like, that is the, the sort of pitched camps. Uh, like, that's where they are. Like, even mentioning biology. Like, uh, stinking... What was it? Um... I just heard recently, I can't, I can't remember who said it or who wrote it, but there's a concept that gen, the idea of gender entirely or biology even is a racist concept, right? Where it is exactly, but that's where the level of the conversation has gone, right? And so to bring up biology uh, to huge parts, they're like already, nope, I hear the nasty B word and we're never going to agree. Well, that's also regressive, I would argue. And that uh, I think what those people are saying or what that argument is trying to make is that inherent in having these, um, I don't know, it, the belief, uh, the patriarchal society that we were all raised in, you will have these inherent bias uh, about sex or gender, right? And that might be true, but, to straight out not acknowledge basic differences is I think that's where we're at though. To regret like, but the the hope is like I'm gonna protect against the patriarchy. I'm fighting so hard against the patriarchy that we're gonna go so far this direction that we're going to ignore all of this. That's just not logical. Like that that will never win an argument. That'll never even uh, I mean, it's so but I irrational. Feel, I feel that that's not the conversation that will actually progress anything. But I think like in some large way, meaning is getting not only redefined, but erased across vast swaths of our culture, right? I mean, look at uh, even the difference between even news media, right? Like you can't really report anything anymore without anybody like thinking, well, is that really happening? Right? Like Absolutely, uh, yeah. our understanding of, or acceptance that there is some general meaning or some general truth has eroded so much where now it's eroded all the way down to, you can't even say nothing about, you know, a born male or born female. Like that's automatically, you're not cool. Um, I cannot accept yeah. that that's the predominant conversation that will end up continuing after all the melee I hope, settles. I hope not. I hope that it settles and people really think, okay, there's let's these are basic established truths. Let's get back to things we can't all agree on. But I don't know that those exist anymore. Yeah, I know. I mean I I have a lot of um hope for society and the older I get the more cynical I get and I realize that oh no the 21 or the vast population thinks that 21% are trans. Exactly. They're and, that delusion. And that's true. And it's not necessarily delusion. It's just, they're not thinking critically, right? Like critical thinking has, I, I just, it's disappointing that it's considered critical thinking to understand that, that there are two genders chromosomally. Exactly. And I mean, but look at colleges and stuff. There was, I heard. So what I, what I think maybe those people are arguing is that, they understand the chromosomal differences, but there's a more important difference to now consider. 
I don't think so. And that so. is how, you don't think that's no, what I they're think arguing? No, I think like. Uh, I would a, like to think that's what they're arguing. A great Ivy League friend told me that uh, any research that she's seen coming out, if there's anything to do with like natural bio or like anything to do with natural, you know, whatever, birth. I know, I know to the listeners that sex and gender are different things and I'm sorry to intermix, but if there's anything to deal with basically sex, biology, chromosomal stuff, and you're trying to get research grant for it. Nope. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. I see. Oh God. I, I would like, I think deep in my mind, I just always thought that, um, a trans pro uh, not everybody's argument, but like a critically thinking trans person or pro trans person fully understood the biological, you know, the chromosomal, uh, binary aspect and then was all, but just saying beyond that, there's these other genders that exist. Once you identify, once you become a fully actualized adult and you identify a certain way that society now needs to account for. Sure. So there are these chromosomes binary, and then there are, options three and four and maybe more out here beyond that. And we all need to start acknowledging that and making accommodation for that and creating categories for that and all this sort of thing that I can agree with. But if the argument is we're going to ignore the chromosomal thing, then that's entirely regressive. I mean, this, like this same friend, Ivy league friend does like birth work or whatever, uh, teaches like breastfeeding classes and just gets basically on the verge of guillotined for calling it breastfeeding, not chest feeding. Right. Wow. Where, because yeah. men, men yeah. can breastfeed too yeah. and et cetera, et cetera, which is a, I mean, this is back to my frustration with not being able to talk to Sasha Jane. This is you and I having this conversation, right? Like two cisgendered white males, blotty, blotty, blah. Like, give me something, give me someone who is willing, you know, where we can go head to head and like, hash something out, get to some like, okay, I see what you're saying now, or, you know, I can disagree with it, but you know, we have clear, a clear line of communication, anything. Well, I like understanding. I mean, the reason why I do surf splendor and interview people is I like understanding people's plight. I like understanding where people came from. I like understanding people's origin story and how they developed. You and David Letterman, man. Yeah. Have you watched uh, I didn't watch the latest season. Guess. I yeah. like it though. Yeah. I watched the first season and part of the second one, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I like it a lot. I'm going to watch. David Letterman, I realized to your credit, uh, inserts himself, I didn't probably to my lack of credit, inserts himself way too much. Like yeah. I just watched the Billie Eilish one and it was just like nonstop stories about Dave where I was like, okay, I don't, I don't care. Like, cool. Like, like yeah. you, David Letterman, but Get on to the good stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, I would love to understand Sasha's origin story, yes. backstory, and yes. I'd love to talk to her for those reasons. Love to th And then hear her perspective on, on the way that these conversations have developed. Completely. That's what I want to know. And, and I don't, the other thing is, I don't necessarily agree with these people I interview or talk to or anything like that, but I can sympathize with them more when I hear their story. And again, the, the stabby inertia-y things of just thinking, oh, we got the interview by pitching complete softball. It doesn't advance the conversation. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. It's just all you're, you're hoping for your clicks, which great, you know, I mean, I'll beach grit down on the mines daily searching for clicks. But, uh, when you can push the conversation forward, why not? And it's, it's better, I think, or more in, better 
to ask a hard question and get shut down. And I ever say, I don't want to deal with your, you know, transphobic magazine. Then publish that. Yeah. Great. Then you'd have it. Totally. Totally agree. Um, I guess moving on from that conversation, <laughs> I, I think it'll pop up again, I'm sure, throughout the rest of the show. Uh, quick note, GLand starts in the next 30 hours, let's say. Saw the Instagrams of them all arriving at camp. Oh, are they? Yeah. Awesome. I am more excited for this event than I've been excited for any event in a long time. Seeing the uh, surfer faces as they arrived, the Eatles, I wonder, I don't know how many of them have been there, right? Like, it's very, a, well, that's very few. Yeah, which is going to make it a great contest, but also seeing their eyes and stuff like this spot obviously has huge history for storied. Anyone who has seen Sea of Darkness, go find a pirate copy if you can't or if you haven't, but uh, tells basically the story or, yeah a version of the story of G-Land. It's great. So G-Land was a huge part of your and my surf experience growing up. Mm -hmm. um, can you guys believe the swell G-Land is going to get tomorrow? Great. That's Mark McGinnis just texted you and I together. Does it uh Oh, going to get the day after the event window. That's oh. his. So the event window is only one week now because yeah. the tour is, the competitive field is smaller after the cut. Imagine that. I know. But there's swell right before the window, and there's swell right after the window. I saw somebody surfing a warm-up wave, and it looked pretty fun. Yeah. So anyways, GLAN has um, factored prominently into your and my surf experience growing up, but it's kind of fallen yeah. off of the radar. I think it's still a rite of passage for a lot of Australian surfers. So maybe Connor O'Leary and Ethan Ewing have been there. But I don't think the Brazilians have been there so much. Yeah. I don't think a lot of the Americans have yet been there. Kelly has, of course. He's won an event there. Um, so it's kind of an interesting thing where it's kind of like Rotnest, I guess. A lot of people had not surfed that before, except this is one of the best waves on the planet. Yep. So that makes for an interesting element. Uh, Gabriel Medina is returning after his time off. The king is back. So this is my question for you. We can center this conversation around is... Trans issues. If Gabriel Medina wins this event, let's say he goes on a run and wins a couple of other events this season. Let's say he ends up in finals day, smokes finals day like he did last year. Does that completely undermine the entire structure of the tour? The fact that somebody can, first of all, be gifted into the back half because he didn't other than him being world champ, he didn't earn his way onto the back half of the uh, season or past the cut. So get gifted onto the back half and then just win. I don't think it undermines the uh, tour. I think what it would do was shine a big light on how poor everybody else is compared to Gabriel Medina, that he's just heads and shoulders above everybody. Like as far as getting into the events and stuff go, again, I'll go on the record once more to say, I'm all about unfairness. Just put the best surfers in there, right? I don't care how they get there. I don't care if they wildcard them. I don't care if they come up through Challenger or QS or whatever. I, fine, I understand that there needs to be a pathway for people who aren't exceptional talents to, to get on tour, right? There's only, what, how many freakishly freaky talents are there on tour right now? Say Gabe, Five. Philippe, uh, John, 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 Kelly. Yeah, four. Four freaks. And then you have your Kanoas, right? Your Igarashis, your Jack Robinsons, your surfers who sort of need the farm system to come up and shine and then need a couple years on tour, right? To And they get better and better. And all of a sudden, then you have a star at some point, right? Like I have no doubt or 
will not be surprised if Kanoa Igarashi becomes an actual like phenomenal surfer at some point, right? Like like world class, world class surfer on the level of John, John and Gabe. I don't uh, think he could on the level of Philippe. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. Which like, I mean a, a real superstar, right? Like not a born, I mean, John, John, Gabe were like born great. Right. Absolutely. You, they're, they're a savant element to their talent, which Jack Robinson doesn't even have. I think, I think he does, but, but, but those, not to that degree. I mean, those guys are just so good that competing wasn't even difficult for them. Right. Like yeah. where they were going to win a world title just based on the talent on purely yeah. on talent yeah, where yeah. Jack, Jack needs totally. still to figure and out Kanoa how to pick waves needs, and yeah. yeah, which is great again. So I understand all long winded way to say, I understand the need for that. But when you have one of the freaks, everybody wants to see Gabe surf. So get him in any way you can. And if he runs, then it just shows that he is by far the best surfer in the world. Yeah. That I'll say if he runs the table, uh, then he is a better surfer than John John. Yeah. That could, that argument could be made. Yeah. Uh, if he, I'll even say if he wins this year, if he sits out the first half, half of the season comes in the back half and wins, then Gabe Rubadina is a better surfer than John John Florence. It'd be hard to argue against that yep. if he does this. Um, so do you, th- Gabe is my pick to win this event. If yep. we were doing uh survival league, which we're not because we got booted. Man, harsh. Uh, Gabe would be my pick to win this event. Yeah. I mean, tough one. Because the wave itself, it suits him so well. It sure does. He's going to, I mean, watching again, those little warm up clips, just you for, you're exactly right. It was such a staple of, like VHS surf videos back in the day and hasn't been of, you know, our new, whatever, however we consume our surf videos now, our streams, um, to see it again, that like rifling left is, you know, over that reef kind of like just how fast and how critical it is like, and long, yeah, long, fast, critical and you could get barreled, you can kick some air, you can just like shred that perfect lip. I mean, excited to see it but I, yeah that, it does suit Gabe so well how do you think it's not going to be big is it it's going to be six feet if it was big big would you be excited to see Philippe Toledo out there yeah <laughs> so how do you think Kelly fares Kelly's been there probably more than anybody on tour he's won an event out there of course it was in 1995 six S- feet if it's S- if it's like if it's solid six living up like if it's big ish big enough then i'd say kelly gets to the semis if it's if it's on the smaller side of six how many german lower legs are we talking about (laughs) uh 13 if it's 13 german lower legs i'm gonna say kelly's got it if it's 10 german lower legs i'm gonna say he doesn't it's gonna have to be i think kelly is not i would not put my money on kelly here for those same again if it was bigger i would but like the thing is with a long left like that and the the different styles of sections that there are, there's four distinct reefs and you need a lot of nimble mobility for that style of surfing, you know, like that bobbing and weaving and like lots of hip swivel, all that stuff. It's a young man's wave. And Kelly in his prime was the best at it. I don't think he's in his prime anymore to do that. So when you're locking in at Chopu, when you're locking in at pipe, he can absolutely handle that. That's a lot less mobility that you need. I know he's the most super limber and all that sort of stuff, but a 50-year-old body just isn't as limber what as do you a 20-year-old What do you think he's going to ride? I don't know. 
Yeah, good question. Takoro, maybe? You think so? You don't think it rides some weird, like, Lucy Fish thing? No, no, I don't think so. Like, one of the boards that he rides in Hawaii, like a maybe a quad, Takoro quad pintail or something. Um, But I just don't see him dodging and weaving and doing all that kind of stuff that John John is so, so adept at. I'm going to put John V. Kelly in the semis. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to say Kelly's going to go out maybe even before before the quarters. Let's really? Say. Well, I don't know. There's fewer people in the event now, there so is. I don't know how many rounds that equates. Okay, maybe he'll make the quarters. You think quarters? Out. I think he loses in the quarters. I'm going to say he, he loses to John in the semis, but he beats Pip Toledo to yeah. in the quarters. That's the thing is I don't know who I would put my money on over Kelly. Sure. You know what I mean? It's kind of like because you look at – He's middle draw, right? I mean, he's like, what is he, 13? Uh, I no, he's 13. He's, I think he's in the top. Uh-uh. He's, he's slid precipitously since his pipeline win. He's okay. pipeline pro. Okay, well, look at you. Uh, yeah, you're right. Kelly is 13th. Yeah, look, look at, at me. you. Slipped ninth. Yep. With his last uh, score, he got 17th at the last event. So he'll be the... At the last two events. He'll be the bottom, but not the bottom, bottom of the draw. So he'll have somebody... Not too crazy, I would imagine, coming up in his first round. Do I, they have the elimination round anymore in this new format? I honestly don't know. <laughs> it's crazy that they did this mid-tour cut thing and then have not talked about, because clearly the it's going to be yeah, structured. They, they do have an elimination round. So it goes opening round, eight heats. Elimination round, eight heats. Uh, <laughs> round of 16, eight heats. Quarterfinal, four heats. So Kelly, I'm going to say Kelly doesn't go to the elimination Kelly wins out of the gate. His first uh, heat is against Jack Robinson and Jackson Baker. So you could argue he'll beat Jackson Baker in exactly. that and not go to the elimination round. Yep. Uh, Jacko Baker's been surfing pretty good, though. He surfs amazing. Yeah. He surfs so good. But again, that's the thing is I'm bagging on Kelly saying he's not going to make it, but I have no idea how Jackson Baker surfs a long left-hand point reef break. A know? and B, imagine never having surfed there before. Right. I mean, right. if it if it starts... At the front end, do you think it's going to, st- or is it supposed to start at the front end of the window? No idea. How do you think, like, so clearly I'm sure the whole camp is, uh, has been rented. There's not boats yeah, yeah. showing up, right? Like, yeah. so it's only going to be those guys surfing out there, uh, getting the feel for it, et cetera, et cetera. I think longer it starts in the window, then the better chance, of course, a Jackson Baker would have. But if it starts right away, if he gets to surf it like once or twice, and then all of a sudden you're in a heat with Kelly, who surfed it countless times, yeah, then major advantage. Yep. Um, moving on, we are looking forward to that. Again, it starts in the next forty-eight hours. I think about thirty hours, thirty-six hours. Um, there has been a new world record set. Beach Grit has written no less than three articles on this, so I'll go ahead and read you a couple of headlines because they hit the key points. After an 18th month, 18 month delay, World Surf League and Guinness Book of World Records certify Sebastian Stutner's Nazare bomb, the largest wave ever ridden, followed by an article that said German male's lower leg becomes new standard of wave measurement. The shockingly obvious truth currently rocking the surf world. So true. What is it? Rocking the What's surf world. What's that story? Uh, did you read it? No. Oh, uh, they literally used... Uh, so it took them 18 months to measure this. Adam Fincham, the same inventor of Kelly's wave pool technology was tasked. I think he's at Scripps down in uh, San Diego. I think he works there. Um, was tasked with 
for the, I don't know if it's World Surf League or Guinness Book of World Record, whatever, but he like flew to Nazare and everything, got a bunch of different angles from different photographers of the ride. Uh, apparently, usually I read, I think skimmed, that they used jet skis to for help in measurement because a jet ski, they knew exactly how big it was and they could sort it out. But I don't know if there was no jet skis in the shot or something. For some reason, they didn't use the jet ski, but figured out that if they use Stutner's lower leg, uh, the part that couldn't bend, uh, they could get the exact measurement or what exact enough for the Guinness Book of World Records. So that's what they used. The new standard of wave measurements is the German male's lower leg. Hilarious. Yep. <laughs> so how long is his lower leg? I don't know. Um, they should have specified because it's what we're going to all have to use now. Uh, yeah, well, I don't even understand where they pick as the bottom of the wave. To me, that's always the thing that, uh, like, you know, sure, yeah, once you figure out how to measure it, okay, fine, right? Like, uh, I don't know why you can't use a surfboard. A surfboard shaped or the size doesn't change either. And, he, you know, if he has it or if he knew the exact dims on it, then there you go. So I didn't understand why that was the thing. To me, it's always the only thing that matters is what are you going to call the actual trough? Because that will change depending on potentially by two to three feet, right? And on a wave that big, 15 feet. And on a wave that's sort of like, that's not straight critical, like Chopu, I get, there's the bottom, there's the top, right? Like it's almost like a straight wall. Yeah. Uh, Nazare is not that wave. I watched that wave. You never see the bottom of the wave. Yeah. Uh, Where he's bottom turning, where the lip even hits, you could see that there's so much slope beyond that. So there is no trough of the wave. The trough is actually somewhere way in front of the wave. Yeah. And the other thing is where the wave is actually at its peak height isn't really where he's surfing. Yeah. So the question then is, do you measure that as the height of the wave or where he's surfing it as the height of the wave? Because he got towed in. So in theory, you could be way off on the shoulder and they're sure there's a hundred foot wave breaking back here, but you're riding the energy of the 20 foot part. So how do you... That seems to me like a challenge that I'm willing to accept to go beat his world record <laughs> by straight up getting towed into shoulders and never let go of the rope. Either. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just hang on <laughs> and just like ride. And by the way, don't even wait till it breaks. Just keep holding onto the rope. Oh. Like get on the lull itself, have the ski guy kick out, watch the thing break at a hundred feet and be I like, was, I that rode was that it. one. That was, that was mine. <laughs> You know what? Take me two miles out to sea. Just run me around the tracks and eventually something's going to come through a break and I'll say that's the one that I was on. That's epic. You know what I mean? I'm coming for you, Christian. That's not that far off. Yeah, totally. I mean, well, that's that's why the celebration of it. I totally, you know, good uh, way to go, Christian. You know, it was a great ride and et cetera, et cetera. Christian? I'm sorry. I keep calling him Christian, <laughs> Sebastian. I, I called him Christian in the article too and didn't change it. So I was like, man, I'm just going to pillar to my stupidity but uh the yeah like there's so many variables so many stinking variables it's so dumb that it's just it's like i mean i could write a whole i should now i'm getting better ideas greens i mean athleticgreens.com slash surf and some running this gets my mind moving a kafka-esque novel about somebody measuring a wave like there is such like straight up insanity in it. And then, so then just to declare it 86 feet. Woo. I know it's a futile effort. Yeah. It r- truly is the definition. Yeah. Um, 
I really do believe that we're going to look back at this time in surfing and just have so much better perspective on how laughable it was. When you see uh, some of the media that come, the the brands that come out and the way they market them, the WSL's decisions, stuff like this, you and I are documenting a lot of it and kind of calling it out, but in hindsight, it will be so crystal clear how clown-like it all is. I mean, the best thing will be this clown car right here. You, this podcast will be like talking serious. How many? I know. Dead, dead serious conversations totally. have we had totally. about this stuff? Like a lot of times we're laughing, but sometimes we're getting fired up, talking really seriously. We're taking it seriously. <laughs> I remember I, I said it when it happened. I mean. <laughs> not to get sucked into the vortex of negativity. <laughs> um, Eric Logan, when he got, when he signed on with the WSL, yeah. you know, he would, he showed up in all the imagery wearing the most flamboyant blazers. Yeah. You can possibly. That was his look for a minute. It was, it was magenta. Yeah. Like yeah. the shiny yeah. sheen to it, you know, he's lost that just short look. of sequins. Yeah. You know, he's definitely changed his look for the better, but I remember possibly even saying on air at that time, this feels like a televangelist. Yeah. And the way that he talked, everything about it, you know, it was all showmanship without fully saying anything at all and clearly not understanding like the essence of the thing. Yeah. But the the artifice was reminded me of a televangelist. It reminded me of Steve Martin in Leap of Faith. Yeah. You know, where it's just like we're here. Here's how we're going to change things. And it's going to be fantastic. We're going to do these huge deals, blah, blah, blah. Look at me, blah, blah. And I was like, man, let's wait and see how this all pans out. But with hindsight, this will be crystal, crystal clear. But the televangelist thing is the call. It is funny that uh, he has changed his look. You're exactly right. And he's totally changed. But that, so that was like a very specific look that he had coming in, right? It worked for own when he's yeah. on the red carpet with Oprah Winfrey announcing their new show, it it fit. Yeah, and then he trans he brought that with him. Transition and it just so didn't fit. Did you he, know that he changed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good on Eric. Um, final final story. Um, there was there was one more on the big wave one. That's what I mean. Oh, okay, final story that you guys wrote about the big yes. wave one was style master Jerry Lopez throws delightful shade on the new eighty foot six eighty six foot. Big Wave Record discusses probability of mythical 100-foot ride. He said, quote, you just have to have big balls. It probably already has been done. Uh, it's just that nobody has acknowledged it yet. What is that story? What does that even mean? A, Jerry Lopez is really towing a fine line here in the new world we live in where you got to have big balls. Come on, Jerry. I know, geez. But, uh... Yeah, he's just like asked in this Forbes interview about it. And basically, it's not throwing shade at all, but, but basically says, yeah, I don't know, probably somebody's ridden a hundred foot wave. Like just nobody was there to either take a picture or document it or nobody, whatever. Self-promote it. Yeah, which I'll say, hmm, like nobody until recently, like you can't paddle into a hundred foot wave, right? right? At this point in human development, and we used to not think you could paddle into Jaws and people get better and stronger and fitter, et cetera, et cetera. But- Legitimately, nobody right now can paddle into a hundred foot wave, right? You got to get towed in. Toe surfing has only been a real thing for, 20, you know, yeah, 20 plus 20 years. So I'm going to say every giant. And so nobody's out there toe surfing giant waves and not getting documented. 
I will say. Agree. Well, any big ride agree. that's happened has been documented. And so that's where that's where I think Jerry was throwing shade. Is, what are you talking about? Like, there's nobody out there riding 100-foot waves without a camera on them. Well, Jerry comes from the old school. I mean, Laird, Kalama, all those guys were doing it without cameras. I mean, Laird's pioneered a number of things that for 10, 20 years before ever introducing them to you and I, you yeah. know, uh, seated, to seated foil boards. You don't think, you don't think they were visually documenting that they just maybe didn't for publish their own, those. Maybe yeah. for their own. Yeah. I mean, I'm for sure they were, there's a uh, video and footage of, or pictures of all that stuff. Maybe all that early experimentation. Um, Let's do a true grit or clickbaits crap. World's most beloved surf influencer, Ben Gravy, leaps over two bodyboarders in stunt that leaves all but social media darling Anastasia Ashley utterly flabbergasted, exclamation point. This might be my low watermark right here. I mean, I, I always find lower to go. But I was, for some reason, just like scraping the bottom of the, bottom of the barrel for any content that afternoon. And I just saw Ben's uh, Instagram and saw him like at a flow rider, I think jumping over two bodyboarders. Speaking of low, yeah, like he's running out of things too. <laughs> that's what it felt like to me. That's why I thought, that's why I watched it. Uh, cause I just thought, well, this, you know, what started as like this promise of like, you know, interesting exotic waves that, you know, aren't typical or whatever is his thing was, and you know, positivity and all that has turned into this. And then at the end, I thought I saw Anastasia. I don't even know if it was her, but. That was <laughs> <laughs> and she was left flabbergasted. No, everybody, she was left. She looked bored. Oh, she like okay. looks at the camera and it's just like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But how, how long can Ben Gravy? I don't know. I mean, he's, he, for those who don't know, or those who weren't there, I would imagine tons of people were there. He like packed out some, uh, Las Vegas theater for his movie. Did he really? Yeah, like the Palms or something like that. Wow, good Had for like him. a full-on red carpet, like packed out theater. Amazing. Yeah, but I love. I I am. I don't watch his content. I'm not <laughs> saying I love his content, but I love his success. Yeah, I love the way that he has done what he's done, and just on his own terms. Great, but yeah. where do you go from him? For, for now, well, you, I would you just have to keep. But if churning. you're if you're jumping over to body surfers or uh, body boarders on a way on a flow rider, then I think you're running out of ideas there. Like, do you just become an actor or something? Do you start doing yeah, you, hopefully more like stunts in you your should. YouTube stuff and then become an actor? Do you, what do you do? So I don't have the answer to that, but <laughs> I started watching Jackass 4.0. It's yeah. on Netflix and poopies who was uh, Jamie O'Brien's Jackass 4.0 4 is not Jackass Forever or whatever, right? No, That's not it the is movie. kind of the behind the scenes okay. of it. Got it. Yeah. And um, so Poopies was Jamie O'Brien's lackey from his vlog, and he leveled up. He yeah, got the call up yeah. to Jackass. Yep. And so it's really the, I'm not so, I'm not super in, into the Jackass thing. I'm, and I never watched Poopies, but knowing that he came from the surf world Makes you like made me want to watch this and sure. see who he is and how he is and how did he integrate. Why is Jackass pulling these stars from, or these, you know, YouTube celebrities or whatever into their thing. And it's really fascinating. Yeah. And it made me realize there's a whole 
uh, generation of people who grew up watching Jackass who modeled their lifestyle after Jack. Poopies. <laughs> Poopies is that guy. Yeah. And now Jackass is looking down at the feeder system going, we're too old to do this stuff. Yeah, who we got. But let's bring these people up to continue the franchise. We can make millions off it. We'll pay him thousands, which yep. he'll be psyched on, you yep. know? And I just could not, it, I did not dawn on me. Even though I watched Jackass when I was coming up, I mean, it was a, I was a little bit old for it probably, but I watched it. It never dawned on me to model my lifestyle yeah, after it. To go do it jackass stunts. It was not aspirational stunts. to go in do any way, jackass shape, or style stunts. But it it was for a group of people. Poopies. I it's mean, crazy, dude. The stuff that they do yeah. is totally insane. Yeah, yeah. It's gnarly. I mean, it's gnarly stunts. And the idea of modeling your life after it, there was no career path for poopies. Yeah. It's turned into a career, thankfully for him, but it wasn't, he wasn't modeling his life after it with a big payday in mind. No. Like, a, oh, I'm going to be on Jackass. Yeah. You know, it was just Jamie O'Brien happened to realize he had the mentality to do it. So Jamie em employed him, but it's fascinating. Interesting. For fascinating. Sure. But so where does Ben go? There's options. I mean, Ben can't do stunts. But there's options. I mean, what? Poopy had fewer options than Ben has. <laughs> and he's done it. I mean, that's true. Ben has a bigger audience. But don't you see, like, if Ben rides one more tanker wave with a smile on his face, uh, don't you think his audience will start to say, well, man, I love the guy. I love the positivity. love the feel-good story. But I can't watch any more tanker waves. And off they go. And then... He's just watching his subscriber count and view count dip and thinking, starts to panic. What do I do? Right? What does he do? He knows his audience and I know that he's engaged with his audience and I think that he will continue to curate to them. Let's I don't hope. know what the answer is, but I think, <laughs> I think he is that good at what he does. Here's hoping. Do you want to hear another listener line call? Yes. Uh, from our beloved Shukin on Oahu. Aloha, David and Chaz. Shukin with a what if question for you. Chaz, I understand you're a bit of a fashionista, and you've advised many a men on the art of masculinity. I'm curious what you would do in the event that you began to thin, to thin out if your head began thinning. Would you uh, opt for the comb over? Would you do the grow around the side and get a little ponytail in the back? Would you don a toupee or would you embrace it and join the ranks of Kareem, Michael, Shane, Kelly, and myself and shave it? You know, Chaz, balding is not a choice, but being bald is. What do you advise? Thank you, guys. Keep up the work. Wise. He delivered wise it in words. a wise way. <laughs> wise words from Shukin. Uh, the, what I would do, it's funny. Ever since I came into the game, the surf journalist game some 15 years ago, I got like, as soon as my picture was ever put on anything, I got like the wave of hate. Like I've made enemies out of the gate. Uh, but the, a lot of the comments were like, you're going bald, look at your hair. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And I was like... And got a high forehead. Always had one and got a wild cowlick. It is what it is, but not going. My hair has stayed the exact same for those 15 years. Every once in a while, it'll come up like, no, you're going bald. But all to say, uh, I have an icon 
pinned on the mood board ready to go for once it starts thinning, mm. which is uh, Prince Philip, um, Queen Elizabeth's mm-hmm. now deceased husband. Uh, he went thin and it's just the thin slick back, right? Mm. So you keep it like totally a nice traditional length on the sides, like a nice masculine length, and you just slick it back and then it thins out and it's just the thin slick. Yep. That makes perfect sense to me. Yep, because you shave it, right? You go Bic, that's A, a lot of energy. B, that's a look, and it's not, I don't know that I would do well with that look. Uh, but yeah, so the that's my, that is my personal solution. But I do believe that every man should consider long and hard what is, it's eventually going to happen to all of us, right? No, not I mean, everybody. Not everybody. It's, it, it's eventually going to happen to most people, to most men. Right? Are you anticipating it? Sure. I mean, uh, what what's does your family history look like? Do you uh, have baldness? Uh, yeah, I mean, my mom's my mom's dad was, uh, but he was bald at like twenty. Oh, yeah. So I don't have. That. I think it does come from. It's the supposed mom's to, side. but yeah. uh, like I I don't have whatever that gene is on that side. My dad just like gradually thinned. He's seventy four or five now. Gradually thinned until, uh, you know, like he has hair still, just thin hair. But uh, yeah, so I'm I'm anticipating some form of thinning at sixty ish. Okay, and then I'm going. So I've already purposed. Not going to be scared about it. Not going to be worried about it. Not going to take any stinking Rogaine or anything like that. I'm just going to slick it back. Um, rank the hairstyles that he offered as options. The, the comb over, comb over, the long around the sides into a ponytail, and bald where do these rank i'm gonna say uh clearly bald is the easiest choice but because it's the easiest choice i'm gonna put that as it really depends on head shape but uh i'm gonna put that as my least favorite of those three for me even though people rock that successfully yep winning time has made me sort of enjoy the comb over jerry bus uh had a mean comb over um I don't know how you could do that, pull it off. So I'm going to, but I'm going to say the, my number one would be the bald ponytail. As your favorite. Yeah. These are the exact reverse order that I anticipated. (laughs) (laughs) The bald ponytail is arguably the worst. Like it would change your, it would change what you had to be into. Like you would have to be into puppeteering. Comic books. And yeah. And you know, folk music and fringe festivals, things like that. It would totally change your entire life. So it's a lifestyle for sure. It is. It is not just a haircut. No, the other ones are just haircuts. Yeah. Well, you can easily figure this out by how many cool people have bald heads. Yeah. And there's a bunch that you can name. He named a few. So many. And how many cool people can you name who had the comb over? Fewer. Yeah. But there are a few. Jerry Buss. Jerry Buss. You know, uh, there's success. Arguably. Some people would argue that maybe not cool, but successful people have done this. You can't name a single cool or successful person who has that Gallagher, I think had the, no, he had a mullet. His was long. I never saw him tie it back. George Carlin, George Carlin. Exactly. Yeah. George Carlin major, a star. That's exactly what I would do. This I mean, is if, a I was, current. if I was going to go that way, I would model it off, off Carlin. Oh man. How yeah. good was Carlin? Too? So good. There's a new documentary. I know. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I haven't watched it. It's Judd Apatow. Made it. See, now you're rethinking Dang it. Yeah. Rethinking. You could either be the coolest person in the world or the a pantheon of losers. You yep. just, 
Georgie, it's a rough one, dude. Shoot for the moon, hit the stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everybody should. PSA, if you're an adult man and thinning might be in your future, everyone should pick their icon now, what you are going to, you know, there's stinking Agnelli, like the Fiat founder, yeah. right? Phenomenal looking man, bald or he super thin, but back. not shaved. Like, and so there he is an, the slick back, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he yeah, had yeah. it. I think he had a slick side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's always, there's somebody out there for you and just have it in your mind when it goes, don't worry about it. Just like aim for your, aim for your icon. Who's your current icon or model that you. For balding? No, with your current hairstyle. Is oh. there, is there a paragon? Oh, I can't say it. <laughs> I can't, I, it's going to real. it's going to come off bad. It's, should I say it? <laughs> now you have to. I'll I'll give you mine. It's Ray Fines in Schindler's List oh as the Nazi. Oh my god! <laughs> His hair. I'm sorry. It really. <laughs> wow! Did not see that one coming. <laughs> Damn it! If I look it up right now, does he have that hairstyle? I mean, it's. I've been doing versions of it for a long time, but wow! Look, I mean, yeah. How bad, how bad everything is that? snaps into focus somehow. How, how bad is that going to play in light of everything? I mean, it's not a good, <laughs> good move. <laughs> so you watched that film and said, I disagree. Well, I'm not going to speak for you. You just said, oh yeah, I, I said, love this guy's hair. I said, this is a horrible, horrible, you know, I mean, the most tragic, this is not going well for me. This, this is, I finally reached the moment that I'm actually going to get canceled. Uh, but yeah, no, I thought it was a beautiful film. And there's one scene in there where he gets angry and it like refines and it like shakes down. I was like, oh man, that like, like kind of high and tight with the, with once you get angry, you can like shake it around. That's like kind of a good look. Wow. Ouch. Wow. Bam. Who's yours? David Lynch. Oh, good. Nice. Yeah. That isn't that you're not going to get in trouble for that one. Nope. Yeah. But <laughs> I, um, I, didn't necessarily. So I guess at one point I identified he and I have the same head of hair. Yeah. So I was like, and his hair always looks cool. And so I was like, I should just get my hair cut like his because we have the same, um, it land, it, it's the same level of thickness. It grows the same pattern. We have the same shape head. Yeah. So I'll just kind of do what he does. Yeah. His is a little more wily than mine. But I great. I've tamed mine a little bit. Do you, I mean, do you ever think about going more wily? Yeah, for sure. I have at times. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, what I will argue for Shukin or anybody listening who is worried about thinning is stop washing your hair now. Mm. I've said this before, not ashamed of it. Haven't washed my hair with shampoo since February 15th, 2015. That's a long so time over ago. Over seven years that I have not shampooed my hair. It is a, it's a movement. It's a trend. I'm not the only one who does this, but my head of my hair is healthier and thicker than any other human beings that any hairstylist ever encounters because whenever I get my hair cut, that's what they comment on. Here's a question for you. Yeah. What if uh, a big new male shampoo conditioner combo was released, introduced to the public and like everyone, they wanted the podcast space. They were willing to pay well above market rate, well above market rate for a spot. They just wanted you to use the product for, uh, just for the, they were going to, they were going to buy a year. I see where you're going. Yeah. They were going to buy a year of airtime. Just need to use a product for the year. Would you break your streak 
in order to advertise shampoo? Uh, I am nothing without my honesty and integrity. So I would figure out a way to creatively incorporate them with that exact storyline intact. What if, what if they says to you, they says, David Lee, we've heard you disparage shampoo. We've got the one that actually, that's great. It's great for your hair. Better than this? Yeah. They're like, it's better than nature. It's like beyond meats. This is beyond shampoo. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I guess everybody has a number, right? There yeah. has to be a number, but I would more, I'd be more interested in incorporating it into the current storyline. Out of some solid integrity. Yeah. I mean, again, without it, we've got nothing. Yep. We if got we integrity. If we don't actually enjoy Bubba Coo's burritos. I love Bubba Coo's. Then we got nothing. I, I, it's so true. Um, so speaking of which, we're going to go to commercial. We'll be back with Barrel or Not. And then we're going to close out with a Bubba Coo's branded segment of Eat Grit. Can't wait. BubbaCoo's.com slash surf, by the way. All right. Go to commercial. All right, Chaz, uh, we have a listener call for our commercial today. Would I'd you love like to it. hear it. I hope it's John Pizel. The animal chin. Oh, even better. Chaz, David Lee, you hear that? The animal chin calling. Um, I got athleticgreens.com slash surf to deliver um, some stuff to my house a couple of weeks ago. Completely changed game. I'm off my mid legs, back on my surfboard. I have uh, regular energy now for my children, and I just feel great. So thanks for getting me off of like a 6'4 twin pin thing and back on a 5'10, upping my health game. My energy levels are high. I feel better. My skin is nicer. Man, guys don't change the game for me, and I appreciate it. So keep up the work and bon voyage. You are welcome, Animal Chin. Very welcome. There for his children. I mean, that, that's what you need. AG1, we invested in his children's life. It's perfect. They will have better lives because of, it all started with just a little bit of organic greatness out of New Zealand. Yep. Pulverized, put in a drink. We had it, loved it, talked about it. Now Animal Chin has it, loves it. Going to be around for his kids. His children might go on to do something wonderful in life, cure cancer. All because. Started here. And... He got off a mid-length and onto the shortboard, which means more waves for everybody else in that lineup. It's perfect. Yep. I mean, again, said it once, said it a million times, athleticgreens.com slash surf is the win, 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 win. Jamie Brissick, I sent him a package. Oh, yeah. And uh, he was out of town. He was doing some philanthropy work, I think waves for water or something. He was somewhere far away and uh, came back to receive the package. So he emailed me a day or two ago. He's like, Hey man, I just, I, uh, got your package and I've been ingesting the simple greens and I'm so excited. Thank you so much. I feel better already. And I replied, I was like, dude, don't ingest the simple greens. Nope. Definitely not approved. Nope. And he replied, he was laughing. He's like, oh, I think I literally had just done the dishes with <laughs> simple greens. What I meant to say is I've been ingesting the athletic greens. I'm glad that, uh, Jamie Rissick walks the walk though, or, Walks yeah. the talk. Yeah, he does. Using Simple Green in his kitchen sink, it's great. And then Athletic Greens in his body. All of it's organic. Own, yeah. In great for the environment. System. All right, well, uh, join Jamie, join Animal Chin, join us in optimal health and performance at athleticgreens.com slash surf. 
When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Chaz, uh, we will get to bubbacoos.com slash surf's branded segment for Eat Grit. But before that, we're going to do Barrel or Not. So this comes up after uh, that image of Idolo Ferreira's steroided out leg yes. from last week. Big. A lot of people emailing. I want to see that leg. Did you put the leg up? I put I the leg up, but it only I put it I put the leg up in my stories, and it only lasted a day. Mm. People are still messaging me. Yeah, so I'm sending them one on, one at a time, replying nice. to them with a picture of the leg. Man, perfect. Let me see that leg. Is what they say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so barrel or nah, if you're a male shaving your legs. Oh, uh, I'm gonna say no barrel unless you ride a crotch rocket. Or not a crotch rocket, sorry. What are they called? Butt dart? A road bike. <laughs> you heard butt dart? 
I don't think I have. Oh yeah. If you ride a road bike, then I'm going to say you are also no barrel for riding a road bike. So, <laughs> so Dang, two for one. Yeah. So no barrel men shaving their legs and no barrel. If like stinking, uh, you know how Olympians sometimes like swimmers and whatnot will shave their whole body. Of course. Except look at Mark Spitz, man. You see that guy? Nope. You know, Mark Spitz. I know the name. Mark Spitz was an Olympic swimmer, Olympic gold medal swimmer. Swam with a big old mustache. If uh, Mark Spitz can do it, then leave it all there, man. I remember your childhood hero is Greg Luganis. So Why did so you follow swimmers so actively when you were young? Wow, it's a good, it's a good question. It is a good question. Greg Luganis. Strange. Greg Luganis was such my hero, literally. Until um, Ray Fiennes came along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder it's who's really, next. Who's really, going to dethrone Ray Fines? It's really bad, though. Is You're going to come in here with like an Osama beard many, at some point and be like, uh, I know. How many listeners are like, when when that gets said, how many listeners are like, whoa, I'm just like slamming off the I expect podcast. a phone call from Totally Shadical next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... You're going uh, no barrel, no barrel on shaved legs, on male shaved legs. I'm also well, really going, enforcing gender stereotypes here. Yeah, I'm going no barrel as well. It's not an aesthetic thing at all. It's more of um, it's a lot of work. I don't even like shaving my face. Yeah, if you've ever shaved your head uh, or any part of your body for that matter, there's always an awkward phase of the grow in. It's itchy. It rubs up against your clothing. It does not yeah. feel good. So the shaved head, the shaved legs, all of it, you need to be so diligent to be in the comfort zone. You got to be shaving every single day. Yep. And the leg. Too much time. It's all contoured. Which means you got to be taking baths. Like it's like a shaved, a woman, the, again, I'm just jumping through all kinds of bad gender stereotypes here, but like a woman in a bathtub shaving legs is a sexy look, right? Yeah. It's like a, even a quintessential icon. I think of probably bad stereotypical 1950s stuff, but like if I walk in the bathroom, well, wife's in the bath shaving the legs. Great. How is you, uh, how as a man, are you going to shave your legs? What do you do? You stand in the shower and I mean, it's, do you take a bath? I mean, maybe all of it's, all of it is a minefield. Yeah. I don't disagree. I look at Idolo's leg and uh, that thing is so contoured Yeah, and it is shaved. And I'm like, geez, oh, yeah. that took a real, that took a, an hour to shave one leg. I would argue. Just think how many nicks he gets on that sucker. Tons. Yeah. Tons. And then Oof. that stings. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going yeah, no. And I think, too, also with the stinking shaved leg, German male lower shaved leg, uh, like the amount of razors you would chew through, like that's a lot of area, yeah, right? totally. And on your face, like I feel my face is tough tough enough now after years of shaving where I can pull out a kind of crappy dull razor and just like scrape it. I feel if I did that on my leg, it would just like bleed everywhere and be gross. Yep. Yeah. It's bad. problematic. Bad. Don't even try. No barrel. Don't shave your leg. And for, for ladies out there, you can stop shaving too. We don't care. Really? Sure. I care. Save the time. I like a, I like a shaved leg. What do I want to lay against? Sure, a shaved leg. I'm just saying you got a lot of burdens on your plate. Go ahead and take that one off. For a week. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Uh, barrel or not, nah, also related to Idolo's leg, Pilates. Oh, um, for men, (laughs) (laughs) Pilates for men. The wife is a Pilates. Like that's her thing. Loves Pilates. 
every once in a while will look at me hunched over and say, you got to get to Pilates, make your life better. Uh, I've never once been. Um, I'm going to say barrel. It's part of your new lifestyle. And if you haven't learned by now that you should be listening to your wife's advice. Do you do Pilates? No, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> but I, the better, the version of myself that I aspire to be does Pilates. Yeah. So I talked about Idolo's leg last week and I got this email. He said, uh, the definitive on Idolo's, Idolo's legs as a longtime listener and a Pilates and core conditioning specialist, it was great to hear you mention the P word, as I believe it is something that many athletes at the elite level are missing in their training regime. And for us aging fellas, the key to youthful longevity, that is what I want. A uh, quick backstory on why I figured I'd write in. I've worked with numerous athletes over the years, from weekend warriors to elite performers, and Pilates is now providing the winning edge for NFL, NBA, and MLB players, ice dancers, and many more. Even Carissa Moore has been a notable uh, user. Anyways, back to Idolo's leg. Pilates basically summed up our three words, stretch, strength, control. It's an equal balance between the stretch, mobility and flexibility, and the strength that enables you to reach optimum performance. Athleticgreens.com slash surf. Uh, if you over focus on the strength element, then you create an imbalance that compromises the potential for mobility and fluid movement with compression, rhythm, timing generated, more aesthetically pleasing and functional motor patterns than simply brute force. In surfing, uh, where speed, power, and flow are the criteria for performance, an imbalance between stretch and strength will reduce the potential delivery. The core is key here too. He gives us a paragraph on that, talking about um, when you look at, like, Ken Bradshaw and Brock Little are equally strong. Yep. But you don't want to surf like Ken Bradshaw. Yeah. Too much focus on strength. Yep. Brock Little had all the strength. That's who you want to surf like, right? That being said, Tom Carroll wasn't shy when it came to having some more notably well-constructed thighs. However, he is lithe and a flexible guru, and in this case is the exception that proves the rule. So anyways, thanks for reading my input. Um, definitely want to add a big open invite to you and Chaz to come and train and experience this for yourself. Where? Um, I looked him up. He's in Vista. Great. So close to you, not so much for me. Yes. But he says that it's a game changer, especially for you, David, hunkered down in the fatigue, soaked trenches of fatherhood. This could be the best thing that doubles down on your AG1 and restores your sense of youthful spring and hope of longevity and the surfing future well into your 100, well beyond 100. Keep up the work and keep it fluid, Jamie. I'm getting less and less grit as we go, but I'm going to take Jamie up on that and I will report back okay. on the feeling one gets, one male gets after Pilates. Okay. So you're going barrel. Yep. Barrel. I'm glad I went barrel at the start because I didn't have to change my vote at the end. He makes a compelling argument. Yep. Um, I fully signed on with yoga 20 years ago and have done it intermittently over those 20 years. There's been a year or two span where I'll do it consistently. I always benefited from it. I should still be doing it, but Pilates is the next step in that evolution. Exciting. Yeah. So, all right. Heading in, Jamie. Thank you. All right. Final barrel or not also comes from a listener. David, Chaz, calling in. Chris from Jersey. Uh, listen to the last episode of your barrel or not around surf hats. Uh, personally, I'm definitely a heavy not on that. 
but understand the challenge of trying to stay out of the sun. So it leads me to a follow-up arrow or not to this. Hooded rash guards. Uh, I recently did a trip down in the Caribbean where we were in the water for five, six-plus hours. Sunblock just doesn't cut it. But a hooded rash guard seems a little bit more performance-oriented than the hat uh, and also gives you more coverage. What do you got? Follow-up, barrel or not. It's just coming to mind. Booties on trips to Indo. I'm going to go, no, not one. Later. Two great ones. Hard times we live in. Uh, I've always surfed in a, when I'm in a warmer place where you're out in the water for a long, longer time and, you know, can't reapply sunscreen all the time. I've always done a button up shirt, just a collared button up, which is the worst thing ever, but I like the way it looks. Uh, keeps no the sun stretch. off just enough. What? There's no stretch. No, I mean, the paddling, sticks. paddling is okay. The problem that is once it's on, like once it gets super waterlogged, you'll guaranteed to blow one or two waves because you'll go push up on your uh, cuffs and then you're like, but that's, it's worth those one or two blown waves for me in order not to wear a fitted rash guard. Unfortunately, I totally see, I mean, I see the point of it. It's a bummer, but you're sitting out the water, like the whole, the thing you got to ask yourself is, yes, I caught waves. I didn't get sunburned. Everything went great, but how did I look? And unfortunately, you didn't look good. And so was it, was it worth it? Like, Well, you know who's normalized this? Tom Curran. John John. Oh, yeah, exactly. Tom, but- Tom for sure. But John John, <laughs> that's the staple of, not the, but one of the staples of Florence Marine X is that hooded rash guard. Yes. With UV protection built into it which makes it i love florence marine x and want everyone to go buy one of those rash guards right now it's well worth the money but also if you saw somebody in the lineup wearing one of those you'd think what a fucking cook unless they're ripping ripping solves most of your problems (laughs) getting tubed with a rashy so it's not only hooded it's got the gator so it's just your your eyes are the only things that are not just getting pterygium john john's john john's normalized it um I'm going barrel on this. I've not done it because you I have yourself doing it. Yeah, I do. I haven't had a trip to tropical warm water since this has been in my awareness, but we did that, uh, Florida surf film festival one time with Derek Hine there and Derek was wearing one of those. And I was like, he freaking he made it cool. It's good enough for Derek Hines. <laughs> I mean, it's he, good enough for me. And I made the joke at the time. He looked like a homeless woman because he paddles out and he's got this long hair. He's riding the freaking weirdest board ever, you know, like beater, complete beater, all yellowed out. And he's kind of hunched over and his hair is like sticking out of the hood even. And he just looked literally like a homeless woman on the corner, like on the street that you would see sun weathered face, you know, but then he paddles into a wave, gets up and goes a million miles down the beach at Mach 1 speed doing spins. And you're just like, whoa, yeah, whoa, that dude, that's who I want to be like. Yep, Derek Hind. Normalized it. Well, great. I mean. I'm in. It's going to save, it's going to protect people from the cancers, but I still, I can't see myself doing it. Okay. I'm going barrel, you're not. I, does the World Surf League rash guard, the singlets that you can buy, those aren't full sleeve, are they? 
I would almost do one of those. I'd like a who would you pick? I probably would pick Kalohe and Dino. Okay. Just a Kalohe WSL Rashi out there. I've, I have Devin Howard gave me uh, one of the singlets from the funny, I guess, that I bring this up uh, from the Longboard World Tour when he was commissioner, RIP. Uh, and it was one of like the contest singlets. And I wear that surfing every once in a while. Did you really? I do. Did it have somebody's name on it? No, it's just like the, I can't remember what event it was. It's mm. like a tank top. Uh, oh, that's right. They had the tank top ones. Yeah. And so I, that'd be a cool one. Yeah. I wear that surfing. The Joel Tudor one would be epic. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, no so barrel. is that a barrel or not? I'm going no barrel. That's a no. Okay. <laughs> all right. So uh, we've got to eat grit, our very first ever eat grit. And uh, so for those listeners who don't want to hear us eat on air. Thanks for. See you later. Thanks for listening about my haircut. But uh, Bubba Coos, who's been a great partner, uh, unknowingly invented this segment. I can't. I mean, I cannot <laughs> wait to to. Dip in here. So bubbacoos.com slash surf is our portal there. You'll save two bucks on your first meal. Uh, Bubbacoos started in New Jersey. Location number one was in New Jersey. Side note, I got a text from Ryan Miller two weeks ago at Bubbacoos. Oh, yeah. Great. <laughs> so New Jersey's own surf photographer extraordinaire who's at G-Land right now. Eats at Bubbacoos. He was there. I don't know if he was like just passing it. So he took the photo of it uh, for us, but he took the photo. He was eating. Um, so Bubba Coos started in New Jersey. They're making their way across the U S are their listeners of this show. So they wanted to, uh, advertise their business here and fellow listeners growing their business, creating an opportunity for you listeners to get rich on burritos, essentially. So if, if you're interested, yeah, they're expanding, buy a franchise, bring Bubba Coos to your hometown or if there's a Bubba Coos in your neighborhood, save two bucks off your first meal with bubbacoos.com slash surf. And that's Bubba, B-U-B-B-A, B-U-B-B-A-K-O-O-S. All one word. All one word. And uh, the other thing I forgot to mention when we started this relationship was um, they're actually a national sponsor with the Eastern Surfing Association, the ESA. Great. The ESA is where Kelly Slater got his start. So many people did. And I mean, what a great organization the ESA is. And so Bubba Coos is investing in the surf community is what it is. So great. Couldn't love them anymore. Couldn't love them more. So bubbacoos.com slash surf. Thank you. And thank you for bringing us our first segment of Eat Grit. I'm going to pass Chaz his... Great. Edible. I got a napkin for you too, in case you, you need it. Thank you so much. So of course we cannot say what this is. He's going to eat it on air and then I will take my turn eating it on air. Make it as audible as you possibly can. I'm going to open the bag. This is just some ASMR. Mm. I haven't had one of these in a while. Don't say too much. I'm not saying too much. I'm just saying I haven't had one in a while and I missed it. When you said this is what it was going to be, I was excited. Mm. Are these organic? I don't know. I'll find out. Go for it. Okay. So that was Chaz's take on it. Here goes mine. By the way, I have the headphones on, and that was very audible. Good. I'm glad. Okay. Ready? Here we go. Isn't it nice? 
nice. Mine was juicier than yours, I think. I heard a squirt. <laughs> mm. What are people doing right now who are listening to this? It's absolutely delicious. It's wonderful. I would love to say more about the flavor, but I don't want to give anything away. First person who calls in and guesses, though, gets a t-shirt. Okay, so you can DM me at Surf Splendor. Sorry. This was nice. to wipe, wipe everything off. This one really didn't stick around, though. Like, I feel I can still talk. I thought this was going to do something to my mouth that was, oh, here it goes. It's hard no. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying too much, oh. dude. Okay, so DM me at Surf Splendor on Instagram with your guess of what this is. Be as precise as possible. Or email surfsplendor at gmail.com. I'm going to say you have to be exact on this one. Not a, yeah, yeah. I mean, this one is, you got to be exact. Yeah. Uh, and those are the two ways to get a hold of me. Or if you want to just call it into the listener line, I will take that as well. And the listener, listener line number is 760 this has been Eat Grit, brought to you, brought to you by bubbacoos.com slash surf. If you're in La Mirada, swing in, or we, anywhere mid-Orange County. We will reveal the answer at the very beginning of next week's show. So you got to wait a week for the answer, but we will definitely pick the winner and ship you a t-shirt wherever you are in the world. This has been a wonderful show, Chaz. Great show. All right. Album Surf, thanks for having us. And uh, beachgrit.com and, of course, surfsplendorpodcast.com is where you can get it where you can contact us and also sign up to support our work. And we're going to give away that free scrubber next week. Next week next is week. a free scrubber. Yep. Hurry and sign up then. June 1st. So get in on that. All right, Chaz, until next week, we'll have Hannah sign us off. Bon voyage.